Hour number two of Overtime Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller alongside Davis Rangy, producer Matthew, intern Bryson. So, Davis, you just got done watching the video I told you to watch. Yes, I did. I told you there's something off about his demeanor that entire interview that he did. He just kept talking, put his head down. Not a lot of questions were asked because he just kept rambling. He is very mumbly. He's mumbling a ton, looking down, wasn't really directly answering the question, said our guys process things in different ways. So that kind of tips you off there. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Brandon Miller didn't take to uh, – didn't think much of it. But, I mean, who knows, man. I, I, he's uh, he's just uh, – he's an interesting guy. Figure that out. Maybe Nate, Nate Oates is just uh, kind of an off-the-wall guy. I don't know how you – continue to coach especially at a school like Alabama and I feel like no one's really hunting for his job or anything asking for him to be fired it's really crazy if Alabama was below 500 right now what would the reaction be be? he would be gone so Brandon Miller it's all about winning it's all about winning it's all I care about just be honest here and they I mean let's be honest here man Alabama is a win at all cost school regardless football basketball baseball swimming softball tennis golf Cricket, soccer, water polo. I mean, that, that's essentially the point I was trying to make. You know, uh, Jameis Winston didn't commit murder, but he did basically a step down from it when he was at Florida State and essentially got away with it. Wait. What? what? Uh, senior reading, night. I, yes, yes, senior I'm, re- night. I'm reading that right. What just happened? I completely missed Nothing. That. Some some kid we know that was like a walk on, and he's apparently in the starting lineup against UNC right now. I don't know what's going on. Interesting. They just passed the ball, and he's the... going out. Yeah, senior night. Yeah, there it is, buddy. Yep, back to the bench. Green. Yep. Oh. Well, he was the one. He was the only one that checked out. <laughs> he's so happy. Speaking of Florida State. A uh, big win uh, Saturday against Miami. I saw that, yeah. Last second shot. Yep. It was, uh, wow. Okay, this is atrocious basketball. Goodness. Nice. Wow. Oh, uh, Davis Matthew, do y'all know anything about this Ahmad Nowell guy who took an official today? Yeah, he's from Germantown. Yeah, yeah he is. Played for Team Thad. It's yeah. nice. He's like top 50-ish? Yeah. 52 yeah. maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice to have, but I don't see him coming here. I don't see him coming here either. He's, I don't, th- he's not, I, I don't, he, he doesn't strike me as a Rick Barnes type of guy. <laughs> Granted, I don't really know who does. Uh, I think we got a good idea what does. <laughs> so, where do you think he ends up? Is Auburn? I mean, I know Auburn. I could see high. him at Auburn. Yeah, probably Auburn. Yeah. Look at his full offer list. Yeah. Uh,. I don't know, man. Gosh, I feel like the the people like us and other people that are silent, just they're kind of waiting on Barnes to get to leave and go somewhere. Like that will be a more majority once uh, March comes around. There's people out there that believe that, but are just scared to say it. I mean, we're not afraid to say it. I mean, we called out uh, Russell and Bear on Friday because the question was posed: Why did Jerry Green get fired? And it's like he made the tournament every year. The response was, well, he didn't maximize the talent that he had, and he flamed out in March. I mean, that pretty much describes what we got to a T. Ring a bell. One sweet 16 appearance. 
one Sweet 16 appearance. He did it in four years. Barnes been here eight, and they had the same, gone the same amount. Gone as far in the tournament. But, 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 I mean, Conzo but, Martin made the Sweet 16, man. Yeah, we're unethical, though. Okay. Cares. Don't think we're unethical because we tell the truth. If anything, that makes us more. What ethical. makes us uneth? How does that make us unethical? That's Confused. Right. Uh, you asking the same question I did? Start calling him Miriam. I mean, going to a dictionary, try to sound smart every day. I mean, call us unethical, but I mean, at least we tell the truth around here. I mean, if anything, that's more ethical than being unethical. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather someone tell me the truth than lie to me. It's plain and simple. I don't want to hear somebody just sunshine sunshine pump all day long about Bowens and. This team and that they're the best team ever. They're Don't not. get people's hopes up. Yeah, False t- hope. yeah, it's happened way too often in football. And Butch tried to get our hopes up. Barnes has got our hopes up more than like I can't even tell you the amount of times I've just been kicked, like yeah, just straight just in the groin. Can I can I bring it back to what you were saying about you brought up Butch again about what uh, the game uh, that he lost in the 2016 season and how if we would have lost Clemson would it. I think it would have had more questions about is Joe Milton the guy we need? That's what I think. I think he would have had questions. I don't know if he would have had questions about Heupel, but Joe Milton definitely. Yeah, yeah. But people would have been questioning Heupel. Oh, is he, can he close? Like, is he still? Is this still a gimmicky offense? Has it gotten figured out? But yeah, yeah those questions they remain to be seen. Yep. I mean, you got to think he did that against a two-time national champion. A pretty good defense, also. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that. I think they what the two edge rushers or an edge rusher. Miles Murphy and Brian Breeze, yeah, or Breezy, whatever you say. Both going pro. They're no yeah. joke. They are absolutely no and joke. And the guy KJ Henry, I think, is the other one. He got hurt during during the game. Yeah, but he did. He's yeah. he's a first rounder. Yeah, but it hit me. I was thinking about that game last night. I was just I was just so impressed with the defense. Still am. I was like a very it wasn't great, but I mean it was a bend don't break. They got the stops when they needed it the most. They didn't play stupid, didn't do anything dumb to hurt them on the field. And, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I look for. They would play with intensity and aggressiveness. That's what I want to see next year. I think the blitzes that we called were perfectly timed, too. Oh, Aaron Beasley yeah. played the game of his life. Yes. Man. That was a Tim Banks masterpiece. It was. Where, where where was that in Columbia? Thanks. I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, who are we going to see on the back end come week one next year? Will this slaughter going to slide back up to safety? Is he going to – Stay in this nickel. I think you're going to see a lot of Wesley Walker. Oh, I'd love to. I mean, that was one guy, he was making plays. Like, when he, he got limited snaps, but when he was in, he made plays. I think you're going to see a lot of him, and you're going to see a lot of Jalen McCullough. No Burrell, thanks. Yeah. I'm almost tired of Jalen McCullough, but I am mean, at least we know we're going to get out of him, I guess. I mean, you're going to see, um, who's the other guy, number 12? Tamaria McDonald. Yeah, you're going to see him a lot, too. I mean, he stepped up game one yeah, last he year. He had the yeah. pick on the very first play of the game. Yep. Yeah. Ball State, I mean, nice I, reverse. Yeah. And I don't know because, I mean, do you see uh, who's Tarantine? Do you see him more? Now, that was one that I was expecting to see more of this past year, and we didn't. You very well might. She come all hadden. Yeah, that, that really back. confused me because I'm like, this guy's from Ohio State, high four star Innsworth guy. I thought he would see the field yeah, a ton more. I thought, he would too. I thought he would too. Well, and, you know, it could be one of those things like Ohio State just missed on the guy, and he's actually not that good. But also, you might think the same thing about Brandon Turnage. Now, that one shocked me more than anything because it's like Nick Saban is not going to recruit and offer a guy that cannot play. Well, he busted – what was his knee or his ankle at South Carolina? His ankle. ankle. Yeah, I think it was ankle, yeah. He didn't play the rest of the year, right? No. So, so do you want to get an early season – or early schedule prediction I have it in front of me? Let's do it. All right. Virginia. Dub. Dub. 
I, I, I'll say W. <laughs> sure. Yeah. W, I guess. 4 0. All right. Austin P. Dub. Yep. Dub. Okay. At Florida. Dub. Dub. Have to. We're not losing at Florida. No. They are a train wreck. We say this every year. And then they yeah, come out on fire. I was about to say. Oh, they were a train wreck this past year. And uh, just put it as a 50 50 iffy game. Toss up. Yep. UTSA. That to me is a more of dangerous a game than Florida. Yes, that is a more dangerous game than Florida, to be honest with you, man. But they also don't play in front of 100,000 every week. Yeah, but still, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, don't care. care. They're man. dangerous. You yeah. don't take them seriously. They will beat they you. Will, yeah. And you got to think that's a school that is be, basically a stepping stone school. Like, they're raiding the portal. It could be another uh, Could be another uh, UT chat game. Is that my uh, referencing that correctly? UT chat. Or no, Appalachian State. Appalachian State, sorry. App State. Yeah, App State, yeah. Could be another one of those games. I'm going to say dub, though. Yeah. South Carolina. Dub. We're beating dub. their ass. Yeah. <laughs> beating your ass cover. by 70, man. <laughs> cover whatever their spread is yeah. by two. My most interesting game coming up, Texas A&M at home. That's, that's it a, depends I, on if the wheels have completely fallen off that program by that point. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like it's a huge swing game. Yeah, I think it is. Because if Texas A&M comes to you like 5-0, and oh, then – Night game? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I look at that like an LSU, just a swing game, like yeah. you said, Davis. At, at Alabama. L. L. Yeah, yeah, let's be, let's yeah, be real let's here. Be realistic here. Let's not say we go 12-0. and oh. Although, who's playing quarterback for Alabama? Ty Simpson? Is it Ty Simpson or is it Jalen Milrow? Milrow? If it's yeah, Milrow, Jay, I don't hey, know. Hey, Milrow, yeah. And, Thanks and, for the dub, buddy. If it's Milrow, <laughs> just, just, I don't know, man. Just QB spy him. If they start if they start Milrow next year, he won't be the starter by the time we yeah. play him. No, he will no. not be, no. Um, at Kentucky, W. Yep. yep. I don't even think twice. UConn, W. W. At Missouri, W. Yep. Georgia, L. Yep. Vanderbilt, W. Yeah, so, 10-2. I've got nine... That I can see definitely being. A win. I, I have nine, and the outline is UTSA. I'm safe with nine. Yeah, UTSA is my outline. I don't. I mean, we might be them by fifty. We might win by five. That's, that's you might lose by five. Yeah, you might lose by fifty, which I don't think will maybe happen. This, oh, we ain't losing by 50. Maybe this is me being on a high horse, but I'm not ready to pencil in Georgia's an L. I mean, they're coming here. They don't. Who's their quarterback? They don't have the mailman anymore. They don't have the mailman. Twenty-six year old that ain't graduated yet. It is Georgia. Yeah, but they still have a. What do you call him, man? man we'll, revisit, we'll revisit that one. NASCAR? Oh, the Dale Earnhardt of tight ends? Yeah, there it is. Brock yeah. Bowers? Yeah, they still have him. I mean, they still have Lab McConkie. He's been there since I was 16 years old, basically. And was a Who wanted to come fan. to Tennessee? Yep, yep. Uh, they st- oh, Donnell Washington's gone. but uh, We don't have enough room here at Tennessee. Hey, another five-star tight end. Just yep. fill in. Yep, and uh, didn't uh, – I don't like tight ends. Didn't they say that to Justin Fields, too? Well, then they yeah. asked him like who he was. No, that was that was we asked Justin Fields who he was. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know who you are. And number two dual threat quarterback in the nation. He yeah. probably needed to hear that. He's that was a butch yep. uh, problem because yep. we had Trevor Lawrence committed. Yep, didn't do enough leadership reps. T Higgins too, by the way. Yep, Amari Rogers and Travis Etienne wanted to yep. come here. Yep, and Amari Rogers. Well, you know Travis Etienne, like Jansen Jackson, that's his cousin. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I would have fumbled the bag. It's like that's possible. Way to go. They were in the All press in conference. Too. Well, think about this. In the press conference before the championship game, I can't remember which year it was. It was but, Bama, 2018, I think. But it was T. Higgins, yep. Amari Rogers, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, and ATN all on the same table. And he's like, well, I grew up a Tennessee fan. And all of them just look at him. They had no clue. Yep. And nobody knew that he was Jansen Jackson's cousin. Like the night before their second championship game in a row, and they're thinking about Tennessee, man. 
Which, uh, that, that tells you how bad <laughs> of a recruiting sick. job that is. Butch told Trevor Lawrence he wasn't what we were looking for. There you go, man. The guy who hadn't lost a high school game and what this past season was the first time he lost on Saturday in his whole life. Yep. Saturday. Yep, there it is. Yep. Hey, you're not what we're looking for. All right. Sure. That was uh, that was one of the worst mistakes that Butch made. Of course, he wanted to blame Derek Dooley for not recruiting an offensive lineman, but at the same time, Derek Dooley had an offensive line in 2012 that all went pro. Basically, the entire offense from that year went pro. Juwan James, Tiny Richardson, who else? James Stone. 2012 team could have been this past year's team. 2012 could have been 2022's team. 2012 was the best offense we'd seen until last year. Yeah. That's how good that offense was. If Dayrick doesn't get in trouble and has to transfer to Tennessee Tech, could you imagine? I mean, it was already fantastic, the offensive output. Tyler Bray set a record that year. I forgot which one it was. But could you imagine that offense – if you had Cordero Patterson, Justin Hunter, and Dayrick Rogers all out at wide receiver, and a NFL tied in to Michael Rivera to go along with it, and a competent defense, not asking for top fifty, just a average defense for as bad as the three four was. I mean, you took a bunch of guys that had been playing the four three all their life and tried to switch to the three four, and people are like, oh, well, you're just taking away a defensive lineman and adding a linebacker. No, it makes a world of difference. There's a lot of things yeah, that go just, into that. You can't just say you move one guy up. You, no. Yeah, it's a big difference, man. So, you know, not a casual family. It's like a 3-2 zone is different than a 2-3. Yeah. Yep. Well, 1-3-1, you're trying to – Or 2-2-1 two, two, is yep. different. Yep. And a lot of excess and those that some people don't know about. Yeah. 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 Talking basketball. 1-2-1-1 one, one, one press. Two one two one three one. That's what we played. Yeah. What in the world? What shot clock? Shot clock violation. One three one is cheese. It is. <laughs> Goodness. It is cheese, man. Diamond press with a one back. Oof. <laughs> Throw it long. Yep. Man's always open. You know, we're watching this Florida State, North Carolina game behind us. This. um this is just a good representation of what college basketball has been this year. Hey, imagine if Florida State wins the ACC. That's they could. I mean, they're nine and twenty overall, but seven and eleven in conference. So they went two and nine out of conference somehow. Well, y'all remember Florida State and Louisville? That was like considered to be probably one of the worst games that we were going to watch this year. Yeah. Yeah. That was <sighs> the fact that Louisville slid off this bad. Uh, they, I mean, Florida State is almost as worse. I don't know how they're this bad. I really don't. They put know a dude in the league bad. every single yeah. year, almost. Who they who they put in the league uh, right after Scotty Bowens? Uh, Scotty Bowens, the last guy they put in. Malik Beasley's from there. Yeah. Patrick Williams is from there. Scotty Barnes is from there. Um, yeah, Patrick Williams last year. No, nah, it was like two years ago. Holy engineering! Like we talk about how Thompson Bowens that engineered floor that doesn't sit to the ground, and you can tell a difference between it and a hard-line floor. You can even tell where the blocks are with Florida State's court. There's literally, like, turf behind the basket. It looks like a putting green. What in the world? Somebody needs to be fired. For as much money as they have down there, someone needs to fix that. 
like I'm not the only crazy one in the room, right? Like no. everyone else can see the blocks. Yeah. Like from where it's put together. At least Thompson Bowling on TV, you can't see the blocks. Speaking of that, I know it happens all the time, so we're not special. But how crazy is it that Blake Shelton was here Saturday or Friday night or whatever, and we played TBA Saturday? Who, who uh, Blake Shelton was here? Yeah, so yeah. like they just transformed the whole arena. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. I don't know why. But. Speaking of, shout out to Justin Hanna. He came into town on Friday, went and saw Russ at National RX, and then Saturday I was like, let's go grab lunch. So we go to a very good burger joint in Powell, and I had some tickets to give away. I gave them to him, and he repaid me with some chocolate oatmeal cookies. And when I say these are the best chocolate oatmeal cookies I think I've had in about 10 years, I'm not kidding. Fantastic job by Justin. He's uh, homemade. Oh, yeah. That nice. burger place, is it the one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is great. Yeah. No got, free shout-outs, but, man. Got, got the big text with some fried yeah. pickles. Oh, yeah. That place might be the most underrated place on uh, Emory Road. Very underrated. Well, why don't you just give us the uh, yeah, address? Give us a place. Emory Road's a long. Yeah, yeah. It's at a corner. Yeah, right yeah. next yeah, to the, you know. Powell's not long, man. It's on a block, right? It's on a road. It's on a road. Nice, okay. There's a gas station next to it. Yeah. Yep. There's a school next to it, and there's a club next to it. Yeah. We got boys and girls club. So, did any of y'all see the Michigan State Iowa ending? No. Where they <laughs> coach staring him down? <laughs> Back to your bitch, buddy. Yeah. And they literally, I think, I think that I think they were down nine or something. They're down ten with like forty-eight seconds yes, to go. Yeah, they were down like yeah. And they came 10. back and won. So they pulled in Alex Caruso. Yes. At Texas A&M. Yeah, it was 101-98. They hit a shot. They hit a three at the buzzer, too. It was 83-93, 48 seconds to go in, like, the second half. And yeah. And then they came back, tied it to get overtime. And won. Oh, hold off. Gosh. And then the same next day, Caitlin Clark hit that buzzer beat against Indiana to knock them off. This app is oh – You know, gosh. we talked about earlier Maui Ahuna and his ordeal with the transfer portal and everything. Uh – did you see where the Cavender twins? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, he said nope. yeah. got in trouble. Yeah, Davis said that to us about tam- what was it tampering? Yeah, with John Ruiz, of yeah, course. They got a dinner with him or something. Yeah, so basically they went to dinner with John Ruiz. They say a booster. We know who it is because it's the only guy funneling an IL money down there because he's the only one that actually wants the U to be the U again. On three says the NCAA has sanctioned Miami women's basketball for violation of the recruitment of Haley Hannah Kent Cavendier. They misspelled their name, but whatever. The twins had dinner at Booster John Ruiz's home before officially joining the program. Nice. At least he wants them to win. Yeah, at least he's putting money out. At least. He got a uh, what's his name? I already Mauangoa yep. to go there. Yeah. Yep. Offered him what I've heard is uh a lot of money. A lot of money. A little bit more than what we were gonna. Probably less than what uh, Jane Rashada was told. It was. <laughs> I still can't believe that. That was the wildest number. Like we thought that eight million was the supposed deal for Nico. More than double. Yeah. I'll be interested to see watch him this year. That salary that he was making per month was insane. For the little stuff that he had to do, I mean, it was just very <laughs> minimal a couple, stuff. A couple it's like, media. It's like five hundred thousand a month. Yeah. Like. That's a lot of money. It was like two, yeah, it was like two, it was like two twenty five or something a month. But I mean, it's ridiculous. And there's no guarantee that he'd be a starter, so yeah. he'd get two twenty five. Okay, let's just say it's two twenty five thousand a month to sit on his ass and be a backup. 
and you know he's not going to class, why would you go to class? You're rich. It's $2.7 million. I mean, obviously, by the NCAA rules, you have to go to class, but I mean, I'd be majoring. No effort. I mean, I'd be taking beginning basketball. Paper classes, going to take PE, going to take jujitsu. Taekwondo, Taekwondo, rock climbing, walking classes, stress management. Oh, the worst class I ever saw when I was at a. Yoga. When I was in school, there was an online walking class. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, here. yeah, yeah. They, they, had, those had, they yeah. had those during, like, COVID, yeah. and they, I think they all, still have them. All you have to do is literally, like, use log like, your laps. Yeah, log your laps, <laughs> yeah. That's all you have to do for the class, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Added to a stress management. They gave us a coloring book. <laughs> a junior in wait, college wait, wait, wait. doing yeah, coloring. Yeah, I walked into this man's room doing COVID. I look, I looked to my left and see this man coloring. But it was online coloring, so yes. all you had to do was just click, 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 yep. fill in uh, different little shapes with just colors. Basically put it in Microsoft Paint and... Yeah, now I'm doing rocket science my last year. Thanks, advisor. There's a reason you got fired. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what is it? What just happened, Matthew? I'm doing the James Harden symbol. Ah, he's cooking. Oh, you cooking any man. Just got your coach fired. See ya. See ya, chump. What just happened, Matthew? See ya, chump. Just got cooked. Cringe. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you do it, you get somebody fired. Yep. Uh, if that was the case, I would uh, I walk in every single class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. <laughs> oh, oh man. Man. The guy that was handling my claim with the insurance company that didn't call me for two months. See, chop. Yep. yep. Stay with us. Overtime continues. More fan run radio on the way. Fan run radio. This NBA basketball that we're watching is not smooth like butter. You know, you, you know who on the the court I hate. Who? George Niang, man, he absolutely just infuriates me to no end. He walks, he uh, he walks like he runs and walks like he's bow legged. I mean, he talks the most out of anyone on the court. He's the worst one on the court currently. I hate these Miami he's jerseys. He's the worst one in that arena. Yep. I'm taking a popcorn man over George Niang. Yep, I'm taking whoever that is, Cody Zeller. <laughs> oh man, Cody, it, former man. Hornet. It is time to go bald. Yeah, it's time to Goodness. Yeah, just go ahead and uh, get that off your head, man. Just go bald. Oh, my. I want y'all to look at that. That's a, that's a bit worse than Manu Ginobili's. That's a lot worse. Yeah. Somebody tells, needs to tell LeBron to go bald. Yeah, Speaking on. of LeBron, his season's over. No yep. breaking news. Yep. And there's another fa- uh, No. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah, LeBron. Lakers could have won a title this year, but eh. let's not let's let's not do that narrative. If they would have got in with this roster, they would have uh, possibly they, they would have beaten the Grizzlies. They can't stay healthy. Anthony Davis has made them glass. Oh, no argument there. Let's go back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Tommy is next. What do you say, Tommy? Hey, I'm always doing this thing. Good. Good. Well. Nice to have Itello back, and I got our player free. That's that's good news. Yeah, it's uh, big news coming out of the weekend, especially considering the severity of what he thought of what we thought it could be on Friday. Because Friday, some of the stuff that I was hearing was not good. Oh, I agree, and um, I I've said it before. You know, I've been done with basketball, and I know that was a crappy team we played, but uh, man. Kind of excited for this SEC tournament. I kind of hope, honestly, we kind of get put out early and rest and maybe come out on fire. I ain't worried about winning it. 
I mean, the drought's over. We got it last year. It'd be cool to win it back to back, but I just don't see us competing uh, against a Kentucky or Alabama again. No, and I don't think any of us want to compete against Kentucky or Alabama again. And, you know, even if it drops us another seed in the NCAA tournament, the fact of the matter is, is you get that extra rest, and that's what's most important, especially when you take into account we're probably playing on Thursday if we lose one of these next two games. If we lose both of them, we're definitely playing on Thursday in the SEC tournament, and that's not something you want to do. You don't want to try to play four straight games and then try to go and play in the biggest tournament of the year your last chance, essentially. Yeah, you play on Thursday, you go out and lose that game, you get a full week's rest till you play in the tournament. I'd take that. Yes. That's more than what you get now. I'd take that all day. I mean, the SEC tournament uh, is kind of pointless. Oh, it absolutely I mean, is. It That's why we were saying earlier that the regular season championship mat- matters more just for the simple fact that that shows who the best team is all year. That shows who actually is the best team in the Southeastern Conference. The conference tournament. I mean, you've had scrub teams win that before. I mean, Georgia was terrible back in 2008, back when the tornado hit the Georgia Dome, had to move the championship game, or the rest of actually the tournament, to Georgia Tech, and Georgia wins that. Georgia was not a good basketball team that year. They just so happened to get hot at the right time. Yeah, regular regular season championship shows consistency. Tournaments, the tournament is nothing about consistency. It's about getting lucky and getting hot. Yeah. Real quick, speaking about getting lucky and hot, Kyle Bush, yesterday. we think about that, Jake. I know we were talking about it during the race. Uh, as uh, him and Ross Chastain was probably the top two cars on that track most of the day. Alex Bowman shot out, and that just shows how good these cars are in clean air. You get them in dirty air, they're really hard to drive, they're really hard to pass. So I've been seeing a lot of three-wide, a lot of four-wide racing. But uh, pretty cool to see Kyle Busch, you know, get a win, new team, second race. Uh, should have been back-to-back wins, honestly. And uh, pretty pretty weird to see, you know, the man go out there and do his bow and everybody was cheering for him, you know. And that's not yeah. something we've seen in the last 15 years. I mean, that's what was so weird about that is the fact that, you know, when Kyle Busch wins a race, you expect the boos to come. And then he gets out of the car yesterday, and it's cheers. And I'm just like, wow, people really do think that he got screwed over and he is going to make Toyota look absolutely dumb. The Kyle Busch Toyota Revenge Tour is on. And like you said, he should have back-to-back wins. Of course, there's nothing you can do about Daytona being Daytona, but – Kyle Busch is going to have a really, really good year. And let's call it like it is, Tommy. I think we even alluded to this yesterday in our conversation. But he's doing it in equipment that is nowhere near as good as what he had at JGR. And it's almost like JGR was almost sabotaging it in a way to make it look like they had to make room for Ty and sponsors were just going to stop sponsoring the car and whatnot. That was never the issue. The issue was Joe Gibbs wanted Ty Gibbs in that 18, now 54 car. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe 100% that's what the deal was. And uh, I don't know if you've seen Austin Dillon's interview after the race. I was asking him his thoughts about it. I think Bob Hawker's done it. Um, and he said the, the whole shop, he said the whole attitude, the whole environment of the shop has changed as Kyle has come along. You know, of course, he's one of the most winningest cup drivers in, in the sport, two-time champion. And, uh, and going along with – Kind of what Austin said, you know, with that, the eight car was the fastest car at RCR shop last year. So he kind of just kind of picked up with that and kept the ball moving. 
And uh, even kind of elevated Austin. You look at Austin, he was running you no know, top 10, top 12 all day. He come out of their top 10 finish, and uh, that's not something you see regularly out of three cars. No, not at all. And, you know, I think what you just alluded to is 100% spot on. Kyle Busch come over to RCR, and number – I mean, let's call it like it is. It's very weird that he would even go to RCR considering the history between him and Richard Childress. But him coming on to RCR, you know that's helped the development of the three car as well as the eight because those guys are communicating. It's like, okay, what's working here? Okay, this is working. Let's apply that to the three car as well. And now you're seeing better results out of Austin, which I think a lot of people you know, are happy about because, like, okay, maybe Austin can drive. Because, you know, I've been saying all this time, you know, when RCR was down and down bad, it's like, okay, Austin Dillon is in the car and we know why he's in the car. And we know that they originally got the number eight for Ty and keep the 31 running. I think you'll eventually see that 31 car, or probably not the 31, but there will be another RCR car on the track eventually again. But, you know, I've said for years that Austin is the better, or excuse me, I think Ty is the better driver. I just think that he hasn't been given the same opportunities as Austin. That might be the case. But, you know, if he ever comes back and gets a real chance with RCR again, you're going to see some improvement for Ty Dillon as well because he'll have the equipment. He'll have the communication between the team to make that car better. And you might see Ty Dillon kind of emerge. Exactly. Uh, you know, Ty done really well with Jermaine Race from when he was running the 13 guy Coach Chevy. And now he's running the uh, 77 for Spire. And, uh, you know, sadly he had mechanical failures. But uh, all in all, I'm, I'm kind of upset that we're leaving the uh, – Fontana track, like I said last week, it's aged well, and I think Dale uh, kind of alluded to that. The track's finally aged well. It puts on great racing. There's a lot of a lot of lanes to choose from. There's a lot of different ways to make your car go around the track. You can run low in one and two, high in three and four, just whatever works for your car and your driver. But uh, all in all, I thought it was a pretty good race, but uh, as all your high bank tracks like that, you know, uh, uh, clean air is king. You get out front. I mean, you see Michael McDowell. He made it. He made it work there for uh, quite a long time on fifteen to twenty lap older tires for Kyle to run him down. Well, and Ricky Stenhouse had a good showing as well yesterday. That was really impressive to see. Yeah, and and like we were doing our conversation yesterday, uh, Trackhouse went ahead and showed that last year was not a fluke. The ninety nine and the one of Suarez and Chastain. They was running top five, top six all day long. I mean, battling with Chase Hillen, battling with Christopher Bell, Logano, and all these guys making moves. I mean, they was up front all day long. But at the end of the day, the one and the eight was the fastest cars on the track. If we wouldn't got that late caution or if we would have got a later caution, uh, who knows who would have won out of that race because both of them guys, was they was, they was driving them cars. Something about seeing that one and that eight out front. No oh, DEI days? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty special. I hope they do a good uh, Darlington throwback. Well, if Teresa doesn't throw a fit again and make Ross Chastain change the number. Uh, all he did last year, remember, he put that little check on top of the one for the Coca-Cola car. i tell you real quick, and I'll get off here. That way Davis and them will wake up. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see the 45 at 2311 do an Adam Petty throwback, the old spree throwback. 
Not the free candy, that was free. You remember you had to buy them cars to get mad at Tony's cell phone. Yep. Oh, green, red, and purple. Yeah, I'd like to see a good Adam Petty throwback, you know, just kind of give some homage to that guy because he, he was a heck of a driver. And uh, just like him, Alec Wiki and uh, Davey Allison, if they'd been around, there's a lot of these guys that wouldn't have had four or five, six championships. They would have uh, been a lot more uh, divided championships with them guys that they uh, wouldn't took him so soon. You just brought up a name. I'm going to send you a picture after a while. I've got a old Davy Allison piece of Davy Allison memorabilia at the house. I'll send you a picture of it after a while. Damn for. All right, guys. Well, uh, I'm going to get off here and listen, and uh, hope you all have a great evening. Appreciate the phone call, Tommy. Let's keep it rolling. Jordan is next. What do you say, Jordan? Hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, Davis, guys, you can go ahead and take another nap because I'm going to talk to some NASCAR with Jake for a few minutes. <laughs> Jake, what about my boy Kyle Busch winning Sunday? Man, I I was very happy for that. And, you know, the Chase Elliott-Kyle Busch thing, you know, I kind of let that spew over for a little bit longer than I should have. But, I mean, that was really good to see, especially like I was talking with Tommy, you know, seeing everybody cheer Kyle Busch. Because, like I said, when Kyle Busch wins, you expect a lot of boos. And it was a lot of cheering yesterday. I, I think it has to do with, what you guys were talking about a few minutes ago, I think most NASCAR fans realize what happened, which is what you've been saying, I've been saying, and Tommy also, is Gibbs kicked him out of that seat to put his grandson in. Mm-hmm. And I think all the NASCAR fans see that, and they kind of want to stick it to Joe Gibbs, and they want to see Kyle do well at RCR to kind of stick it to Joe for playing that thing out the way he played it out. Well, and Joe um, Gibbs likes to play this image, and Bryson, I think you can agree with this as well. You know, Joe Gibbs likes to play this image of he is the greatest like human being in NASCAR, and in actuality, he's uh, kind of a slime ball. Yep, yep. It, it's like Tommy said. It's sad that they're leaving that track. That, that's some exciting racing. Seeing them go three or four wide, spread all the way out, going to the corners, going you know almost two hundred off into the corners. It's it's sad they're leaving that place. It puts on some great racing. Uh, I wish there was some way they could figure out to stay, but it looks like they sold some of that property and they have no choice but to kind of move away from there. I'll tell you one thing that I was talking to somebody at work about today, and I think you and Tommy may agree on this. I wish they would go back to doing the interviews in Victory Lane instead of doing it on the front stretch. Absolutely. seeing those videos yesterday of Kyle pulling into Victory Lane and his team there and his crew there and Richard there and everybody going crazy and him getting out of the car, you know, spraying the drink all over everybody, and everybody just the excitement, that is when they should do the interview there. Because it's just anticlimactic seeing them do it on the front stretch and just the pit crew having to run across pit road, run across the grass, go up there, give him a two-second high five, and turn around and run all the way back. They need to go back to doing it in victory lane. I agree 100%. And, Bryson, I think you'll agree as well. Couldn't agree more. Like That's just – it's so much better, and they were so much better in victory lane. Yeah, and the interviews were, were so much better in Victory Lane, too, because the drivers get a few minutes to kind of collect their thoughts driving into, into Victory Lane. And they're just, you see, what to me, you saw way more excitement out of the drivers in Victory Lane when they would climb out of the car than what you see with them on the front stretch. Uh, I want to I disagree with you on one thing because I heard you talking to Tom. I want to disagree with you guys on one thing. Okay. I think with the Austin Dillon thing, I'm, I like Austin. And I, I, I'm an RCR guy, and I like Austin. I've been watching Austin race since he was 12, 13 years old, running these dirt tracks around here in East Tennessee. He would still drive the three-car back then, the super late model. 
And even back then at 12 and 13 years old, 14 years old, driving these super late models in East Tennessee, he was, he was really good. And he, I mean, he would win races with some, you know, guys who were doing it as their full-time job. And yes, he, you know, he's been given these rides at RCR and the truck series and the Xfinity series. But the thing is, at least, he, you know, at least he's taking advantage of that opportunity. Right. He could be somebody who's not talented and grandpa's just giving him the keys and he really doesn't win. And he really doesn't do anything, but you know he won the truck championship, he won the Xfinity championship. Is he being as successful in Cup as you know maybe I thought he was going to be? No, but I also think that probably has to do with the fact that he's never really at RCR had a mentor like Kyle who can kind of teach him the ropes and teach him a few things on, on what needs to be changed with the car. When it could have been and Kevin Harvick. When it could have been Kevin Harvick, correct. And so I think. You know, I don't think Austin's automatically going to become a top five driver, or top eight driver in NASCAR, but I, I think he can be really, really solid, uh, solid, and, and win a few more races and be a not a big threat, but a but a better threat when it comes to the championship at the end of the year. And there, and I texted you this on Sunday. RCR's mile and a half and bigger stuff has been really, really good for a few years now. They've always had speed, and let's not forget. And I, I think I told you too. Austin finished second in that race last year. You know, he, he almost won it on the restart at the end. Yeah. So they're not slouches at, at big tracks. They have the speed. And that's why, you know, I, I was going to call in on Friday and couldn't have time and tell you I was going to take Kyle Busch, one, because he's already won there before and, and a Toyota and a Chevy. And the RCR had the speed last year at these type of tracks. And they're already showing with the eight car this year that they're going to be extremely strong going into this season. I won't be surprised. If going in this weekend, he's going to do triple duty. He's running the truck race, the Xfinity race, and the cup race. Sweet. I won't be surprised to see him win on Sunday. It's his home track. They're at Vegas. They have the speed. They have momentum right now. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him win on Sunday. Would you go as far as to say we need to go ahead and break the brooms out? I think I, it's a long shot because it's only been done twice, and both times it was at Bristol. But I really feel like what you said about him being on a revenge tour, mm-hmm. I think he's out to prove, you know, that last year was a fluke. And he, he wants to get off on the right foot with his truck team now that they're Chevy. And, you know, he's going to be in a college car on, on Saturday. I could, I could see him, you know, I think he can win two out of three. And I think the one that we may be iffy about would be on Sunday. Because even yesterday – uh, Austin Dillon in the 10 college car was pretty strong until he got that damage. So the college cars in the Xfinity, they have speed also. You know, it's uh, that's going to be something to watch. Like, I didn't realize the significance of the Kyle Busch revenge tour until we just talked to Jordan, like, how big this is going to be. Like, Kyle's going to make like, – he's going to be in the Final Four at the end of the yeah. year. I mean, think, he, he – and I'll probably get a lot of grief for saying this. He has a little bit of the Earnhardt in him, whereas he he wants to win, and he hates losing. And that's part of the problem. He throws fits when he loses, or he throws fits when he gets right, because he won't, He hates losing, hates it. And he wants to win every time he gets He's not. I think that's what hurt him at the beginning of his career on not winning the championship, because he didn't know how to sometimes just rein it back and just go get the points that were out there. He wanted it all or nothing. And that I love that attitude with him. I love drivers like that who all they want to do is win. They're not content to go out there and just try to chase points. 
They want to you know all or nothing. And the last thing before I get off there too is I heard you guys talking earlier about the Dooley years and and you know Dariq in that last year. I've been saying for years now, and I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but when uh, Justin Wilcox left and they ultimately ended yep. up hiring South Century, we had Kevin Steele hired. He was a defensive coordinator at Clemson at the time. Yep. He was hired. We had a plane in Miami at the Orange Bowl to pick him up from the Orange Bowl when the game was over with to fly him back here to be the defensive coordinator. It was done. And then Clemson proceeded to give up 73 points or whatever it was to Clemson yep. in the Orange Bowl, and the administration pulled the rug on that whole situation. If Kevin Steele ends up being that hire, the defense is at least competent in 2012. We, we win 9, 10, 11 games easily that year. We win the East and Dooley never gets fired. Because that offense was ridiculous. We were putting up 40-50 a game. We were yeah. losing games 56-52, 49-48. We couldn't stop anybody at all. So if the defense is just competent that year, we win the East and Dooley never gets fired, then the butch thing never happens. Well, and you got to think, you were a possession away from beating Georgia, a possession away from being, beating South Carolina, who was a very good team at the time. And then Georgia was a play away from making the national title game that year. I mean, that's the thing is, like, if Justin Wilcox never leaves – or if we actually hire Kevin Steele, uh, yeah, you're right. Derek Dooley, I mean, we we never know what will happen, but we know he yeah, would have at least I, made it another year. Yeah, I was at that Florida game that year when we played him here in Neyland. Oh, that was heartbreaking. We I was there. Yeah, and, I was there too. And that was a, yep. Yeah, that was one of the longest days. I got up there for college game day. Spent the entire, I thought we had it, and we just the defense just completely collapsed in the fourth quarter. Oh, they fell apart. Like, it was – that was awful, and it all started when Derek Brodus missed the extra point. Yeah, that's when it all started. We had like a little cushion yep. against them all game, and then I knew the second they tied it up, I was like, "Yeah, this is over. We're not recovering yep. from this." Well, it was so weird because yep. even up until that missed extra point, you could just feel it. It's like we're winning this game, yep. and the momentum flipped quick, very, very, very quick. And uh, one last thing to me, I don't, I'm not going to put much stock on the basketball game this past Saturday. Sacramento's a really, really bad basketball team. Yeah, so I don't want to put much stock on. I don't want to, you know think that's a turning moment for us. I think this week is big and generating momentum going into the NCAA tournament. I we I don't want to say we need to go 2-0, but it would be really, really huge if they can find a way this week. You get Josiah back. Sounds like you may get Julian Phillips back. Find a way to finish this season out 2-0. Build you some momentum going into March Madness into the NCAA tournament. I agree with what you guys saying earlier. Yeah, what I like to win the SEC tournament to hang another championship banner, yeah, that'd be amazing. But if it was me, sacrifice that to get rest to make a Sweet 16 or Elite. I think, and this is something you guys can discuss if you want to, and I asked this the other day to a few people, what would you consider at this point a successful season? To me, I said before the season started, I thought we would be somewhere around 24-7, and 23-6, and, and go to the Sweet 16, and I thought, okay, that to me, that's a successful season. So we're 21 and 8. In your guys' opinion, what constitutes a successful season at this point where we're currently at? I think making a Sweet 16, I could be content going into next year. And I'll get off here and listen to you guys. Have a good night, guys. Appreciate the phone call, Jordan. Uh, successful season, you got to make at least a Sweet 16. I agree. Sweet 16. Uh, national championship. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> your mic's not on. I say Elite Eight. Based on how this team is, how uh, Sweet Sixteen is, I guess yeah, I, it should be. 16. Your expectation at year eight should be greater than Sweet Sixteen. But this is where it's at with Rick Barnes. Y'all just want to roll to the rest of the show at this point. Sure. I mean, sure. I didn't know. Yeah. Screw Alrighty. it. Alrighty. Let's get Roger in here next. 
Roger. What do you say, buddy? Uh, oh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Uh, not a whole lot. How, how y'all doing tonight? Pretty good, Rog. Uh, good. Uh, 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 Jake, I just want to ask you. Uh, I don't know a game tomorrow night. Uh, so are y'all going to be out tomorrow night? No, no, we're doing a show tomorrow, buddy. Uh, by the way, Roger, uh, I think we missed Bear's birthday. Uh, uh, really? I think we missed Bear's birthday. I think it was this past weekend. Uh, so when you call oh, into the drive okay. tomorrow, you got to sing Happy Birthday to Bear. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I'll do that, do that. All right. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask you uh, uh, about, uh, about the game, about the game tomorrow, tomorrow night. Uh, mm-hmm. So how you th- how you feel about how you feel Tennessee playing? I'll be talking tomorrow night. How you feel about how you feel about tomorrow night's game? Well, Roger, I think game. that it's going to be a it's going to be a weird matchup for our guards. Um, we got to uh, figure out who we're going to put on Nick Smith. That's going to be interesting to see what we do there. Um, that's going to be the key po- point of the game. I mean, that's going to be the make or break that decides whether or not we win the game, or if we come out of this and we might be playing on Thursday in the SEC tournament. And I know you don't want that, Roger. I don't want that. Nobody in this room wants that. But at the same uh, time, you know. You go to this SEC tournament, Raj, and all you're doing at this point is you're wasting, you're wasting guys' energy at this point. I think yeah. that the best thing for us to do, not get blown out, but it would benefit us to lose our first game in the SEC tournament. That way we can get extra rest for the NCAA tournament and try to make a deep run there. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, I just want to ask you. That's why I ask you, too, uh, about the seed uh, wise, if we uh, if we could win, if we could beat August Hall, be August Hall and Auburn both. Uh, what kind of seed would we get if we if we got uh, if we went to another went to another this weekend? You know, Auburn, August Hall and Auburn both. Uh, what, what kind of seed would we get? What do you think, Davis? I think you get a three seed. I think you get a three seed, Roger. Even regardless of what happens in the SEC tournament, if you win these next yeah. two games, I think you're pretty much locked into a three seed. Okay. Huh. Okay. I got you. Uh. Yeah. I kind of. I kind. I kind of. I kind of uh, don't agree with you. Uh, on the out since I enjoyed last year's uh, when Tennessee went all the way to the SEC championship game, they won it. So mm-hmm. I hope they can. I hope they can win it. I hope they can. Hope they can do the same thing again. You know, do it again, again. It would uh, be nice. Win. I mean, we get to hang another banner that way. You know, I'm just, yeah. uh, you know, the reason I say that, Rog, is because I want yeah. us to be well-rested because I think that's part of what hurt us last year against uh, Michigan. Yeah, we beat Longwood, but, of course, as you know, Roger Longwood's not that good of a team. And then you get to yeah. Michigan, and they, they were heavily underseeded, and then they just took advantage of the fact that we were tired. Like, we had just played three straight games the weekend before, and then we have to turn right around and have to fly out to go play Longwood and then only get a day's rest in between that game and hours. I mean, you're talking yeah. about a lot of basketball that got played, and it yeah. takes a lot out of somebody when you got to play that many games in that short of a time. So, I mean, that's uh, my reason behind it. I, it's not that I want us to lose. I just feel like it would be better for us in the long run if it were to play out that way. I got you. Okay. That's uh, uh, I have for tonight. And that's uh, I have for tonight. You can talk to y'all. You have a good night. Have a good night. Appreciate the phone call, Raj. Love you, buddy. By the way, we forgot to mention this. The Milwaukee Bucks, they have a new owner. One Jimmy Haslam. The Bucks? Yes. Yeah, Jimmy Haslam balled today. $3.5 billion. 
What does it say about Giannis if he stays? Better make Giannis happy, buddy. Don't mess up a good thing you got going. I mean, you. That's all. I mean, would we say that Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now? Yes, I would say so. I, I think he is. I would say so it's a well. really to argue between him and. I mean, you say KD when healthy, but Giannis beat him head to head most recently in the playoffs. So you got to throw Luca in there as well. Luca ain't on that level yet. Uh, nah, Luca's pretty damn good. Top man. five. He's, he's, he's top not five. best he's, in the world he's yet. Not best in the world again. Giannis and Giannis, KD, LeBron. LeBron is still in that conversation. Yes. And that's pretty much it's it. been that way that, for about yeah, five years yeah, now. That's your top tier. Yeah. Steph is below that tier. Luca's below. And then that you tier. throw in Luca, Embiid, Embiid, Jokic. Yeah. And Bede and Jokic just don't get talked about a ton because they're big men, and it's not how it's the not way. A big man that's not how, yeah, it's not how yeah. the games played today. But they back in imagine just dropping Embiid or Jokic back in like the nineties, early two thousands. They'd be talked about to this day. Yeah, exactly. They'd be like Shaq, or even back in the early twenty tens, and still be like Dwight Howard and, yeah. and Andrew Biden before he and Bede and prime himself. Dwight Howard would be a oh lord, that'd be a matchup, man. And you know it's funny because we're talking about all these guys. I'm still doing the my eras thing on NBA 2K. I tried to do it the right way this time. I didn't, you know, harbor picks for the drafts where I knew that, nice. <laughs> that these guys were coming up. I've tried to do it the right way this time. Um, read, read that. He- oh, you missed the headline. What was the headline? It said, "Is there a contender out in the East outside of Boston, Miami, and Philly?" No. No, it said Milwaukee. No, Milwaukee. Outside of Boston, Milwaukee, who's a contender in the East? No. No one. No. They had the Knicks up. Philly's not on Boston's level. No. It's it's Milwaukee and Boston. Yep. Yep. They had the Knicks up there. That's why I was Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, it's going to be Boston or it's going to be Milwaukee. Yeah. And most likely going to be Boston. Yeah, I think it's going to be Boston. I I don't know. Milwaukee's super hard. They won 14 in a row. They have. True. Uh, it's it's gonna come out just like last year, Boston and Milwaukee, yep. Eastern Conference Finals. It's gonna be a great series. Which I still think that Boston's gonna win it all. I really do believe that. I think Boston has the depth of any, any team. I think it's gonna be Boston and Milwaukee right now. I can't. I can't say anyone in the West. I would say the Suns, but I've yet to see KD play a game in a Suns jersey, so I can't put them up there yet. Uh, that's the thing. The betting favorites change. The Phoenix Suns are already. At the top, I, I can't say the Nuggets. Um, I don't no. trust the Nuggets. I don't trust the Nuggets. I don't trust. Jokic is the only one you trust on that team. Uh, I gotta wait till the playoffs see how the Warriors play, yep. but I'm sure they'll turn it on. Yep. Same with the Grizzlies. Don't trust the Grizzlies. Don't trust the Kings. Uh, Suns, Mavs. I mean, I don't. I mean, the there's last, a reason Boston is my clear cut favorite. There's two. There's two losses between the six seed and the. 13 seed right now in the West. Two they, losses. Boston just has to get through that middle block of the Warriors, just like yeah. the Grizzlies do. Yeah. They're scared of them. They kind of they own them. So if they can just break through that, then I mean, well, it's nowhere near this level. But you know, it's kind of like that deal. Michael Jordan had to break through the Pistons. Took him three tries, and he finally got through. Oh wow! And then just dominated for the entire decade of the 90s. Yeah, Celtics are the better team, but they just had a mental block last year. They could have won it all last year. Yeah, I mean, they were up. They split a game there. They let that game four slip away at home, or else it would have been up 3 1. It would have been wraps. So. Yep. And that's when everyone started the conversation of is LeBron or is Curry as good as LeBron? Not even close. Not even close. Don't don't ever put them on the same level. Curry's not top 10. Well, it's like when we had Bo on, and we were talking about, you know, LeBron 
versus Jordan, and then it jumped to Jordan transcended the game, but you can't be like Mike. Not everybody six foot six can dunk from the foul line, but everyone can mold a three point jump shot and play the way that Steph Curry plays. Yeah, but I st- but he's still not as good. Because LeBron, he might have as many rings. Curry will never be on LeBron's level. Never. Thanks. Never. What if he wins five? Next no, question. No, never. That's like uh, yeah, LeBron and Jordan are compared. It's like trying to compare Curry and Jordan. It's silly. Don't, don't do it. I, I don't care if Curry wins. Eleven. Eight, he's, 11 not, he's not. on the level. He's not LeBron's nope. old man. Two different styles of ball. I mean, it's just LeBron. Just fraud, LeBron's thanks. been. LeBron has really been the league MVP since 2008. Let's just be honest. I mean, they should have won it. Did even say 2007? Yep. I mean, for 16 straight years. Yep. I mean, that's why I loved Cleveland LeBron. First go around. I loved him. I, I liked LeBron the second time. I didn't like him the second time. As soon as he went to Miami, stopped cheering for the Heat. He leaves. Start cheering for the Heat again. About your two rings. You haven't done anything since. I made one bubble final, so that doesn't count, by the way. Yep. Got my favorite player in the league. Mickey Mouse ring, anyway. The bubble ring. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Mickey Mouse, by the way. <laughs> there it is. Little Mickey, man. Yep, little Mickey. Oh, my goodness. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, Davis. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you, Bryson. Thank you. Something else coming up next here on WKGN. Tune in tomorrow, 3 and out, right here on Fan Run Radio. So you're watching the game, and you see a